Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Tracy Manning. Tracy is with LexisNexis Risk Solutions. And we're going to talk about one of the areas that I think experienced exponential growth over the past year, and that's digital transactions. And more importantly, what are the issues for compliance and and a wide variety of other corporate functions? So Tracy, for that incredibly long-winded introduction, first of all, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you so much for having me. appreciate the opportunity to be here. So Tracy, could you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a data, digital identity, and financial crime expert. Over the past 25 years, I've worked for organizations like AT&T, Cox, Twitter, Cincinnati Bell, Ground Truth, and now LexisNexis. Believe it or not, I started out in journalism and kind of crossed over to the dark side of advertising and marketing along the way and doing a lot of data-driven work in that area and eventually transitioned into growth and innovation work around digital identity and risk prevention. So I now lead commercial strategy and product innovation for the financial crime market here at LexisNexis Risk Solutions. So I was able to do a little bit of research for this podcast, and I did note that as your background. And what really interests me is many of my, our listeners are compliance professionals, and they're really sorely lacking journalism slash communication skills. So I was really intrigued to, to hear about your background and really how that is really helping you communicate with lawyers or perhaps others that communication skills were not something we were taught professionally. As I mentioned, I think digital transactions have exploded over the past year. But as you're working in this space every day, I was wondering how much growth did you see or am I really off base that it just stayed steady? No, you're, you're right on target, Tom. COVID really pressed the fast forward button on digital transformation. So almost overnight, if you think about it, all remaining resistors to digital adoption were forced to adopt. And according to Digital Commerce 360, e-commerce saw a 44% year-over-year growth in 2020. And a lot of experts are saying that acceleration is roughly about five to seven years acceleration. And even more interestingly, Many surveys are saying those trends are not going to reverse as we come out of the pandemic to pre-pandemic levels. One of the most prescient comments I heard over the past year in uh, around the COVID-19 was that we experienced five years of growth in one year, and it certainly seems that digital transaction actually exceeded that. But with this explosion, obviously, we have greater opportunities, but I think perhaps greater risk. What did you and your team see around the greater risk from this explosion in digital transactions. You're right on the money again, Tom. While this acceleration of digital transactions created a bit of a digital revolution, it also created a compliance nightmare. Every one of these new digital opportunities is laden with additional risk. And you know why is that? It's because mainly it's really because criminals also rode the wave of this trend. And they found new schemes for easily evading traditional financial crime controls in these digital channels. They leveraged the anonymity 
of these faceless transactions in a couple of key ways. First, they'll often present themselves not as their own true identity, but as an alternate physical identity that will pass the controls that are in place, whether that identity is stolen, manipulated, synthetic, or maybe it's even a mule. And secondly, they will often bypass technologies like IP blocking with something like a proxy VPN or Tor browser to obfuscate their location. And compliance teams, quite frankly, were not very ready for this overnight change and the additional volume of alerts and remediation related to it. According to our most recent True Cost of Financial Crime Compliance Study, which is a survey we repeat annually, they really struggled with KYC and investigations related to the increased volume of these transactions, along with the shift to work from home. And they saw their queues just overflowing at unmanageable volumes. And onboarding, in particular, suffered meaningful delays during a time when an elegant digital customer experience was most paramount. And bottom line, we saw that the overall cost of compliance rise significantly by 33% year over year, which really put a spotlight on compliance as a cost center during a time when organizations are under increased pressure to drive efficiencies. And we saw this not just on the consumer side, but on the business side as well, as evidenced by the PPP loan fraud that probably a lot of your listeners have read about. Did this increase in digital transactions give rise to data privacy risks, or is it more in the data protection sphere? Really both. It's created more of an onus on businesses than ever before to protect consumer data and accounts from this sort of nefarious activity with increased vigilance. And recent events also really raised regulator awareness of the problems at the same time, as if you think about it, they've had a front row seat to a number of high-profile investigations that are unveiling new digital threat vectors and new digital data that exist to potentially fight these trends. We saw a lot of evidence of this in recent OFAC enforcement, and even the small bit of guidance that's been issued to date uh, related to the AML Act of 2020 if you examined the guidance around SAR filings for art and antiquities, they are now requiring the inclusion of digital identity and location information in those filings. So there's a real awakening going on right now that we believe we're going to see a lot more of in the days and months to come. One of the observations I've seen or made rather over the years is that the bad guys will move to the softest or the easiest targets. So Banks and financial institutions have traditionally had more robust digital transaction risk management strategies than perhaps consumer businesses. But I'd like to focus for a minute on B2B businesses, because in many ways, I think they can be the softest targets in this area. And I was wondering if that would be a fair assessment from your perspective. And what are you all sort of counseling B2B businesses as opposed to perhaps financial institutions or consumer sales around digital transactions? Yes, you're absolutely right about that. B2B is an area of softness, essentially just because of the sheer number of small businesses that emerge regularly, as well as the lack of really strong data on those small businesses and their ultimate beneficiary ownership. So I think that's an area that we're going to see a lot of focus on in the coming days. My guidance to those who run B2B operations would be to to really go seeking out the very best possible data sources related to 
ultimate beneficiary ownership, and, and also to small business themselves. And then think about the role that digital identity and digital data can potentially play in that life cycle as well, particularly as your B2B onboarding processes have moved more to digital. Tracy, as you know, we're recording this podcast in May of 2021 as we really enter a new phase of the coronavirus health crisis. And I was wondering, what are some of the top either questions you and your colleagues at LexisNexis Risk Solutions are receiving, or perhaps the top three areas you're providing guidance on as we enter this next phase of the pandemic with businesses actually physically reopening more? Yeah, I mean, I can speak to both of those. I mean, I think first, as we mentioned a few moments ago, businesses are asking the question, are these trends going to reverse? And, you know, all research today says no, they will not. Secondly, I'm finding a lot of those really being perplexed in terms of how can they transform their processes for this new digital normal to better identify true financial crime risk, drive efficiencies, create a better customer experience, and meet these emerging regulatory requirements. And then lastly, and probably the most important question is, is it even possible to achieve all of these things simultaneously? Often these things are, are kind of counter forces and tensions that pull on one another. And so we see folks really wrestling with that. In terms of guidance, I can move on to that if you would like. We are essentially saying, hey, keep your eye on recent enforcements and newly published guidance. Because of the emergence of some of these new threat vectors and schemes, and the heightened awareness that regulators have right now, we expect that you're going to continue to see a host of new activity related to digital transactions and also digital identity. And so it's really important to be ready with a tool that can help you efficiently meet those emerging regulatory demands and also deliver on your organization's demands for increased efficiency and improved customer experience. And so Looking at digital identity is very, very critical. Digital evasion requires digital solutions. And if you think about it, it's a little bit backwards that we've still been trying to manage that increased risk using the same methods that we always have, which are largely manual and retroactive and rooted solely in physical identity. It's a little bit akin to trying to improve the performance of your your gas-powered automobile by feeding and watering the horses, so to speak. So talk and collaborate more between your internal fraud and financial crime and infosec teams. These crime pathways are converging around digital, and there's a lot of opportunity to drive improved risk identification and efficiencies and customer experience with shared data and best practices and technology. Tracy, guests on this podcast receive a special award when they actually give us the title of the podcast and their remarks. So the new digital normal is the winner, and uh, you get a special award for that. Very cool. I'd like to now turn into (laughs) perhaps down the road a little bit. We saw, as you said, uh, really seven years of growth or expansion in one year of the pandemic. But I could ask you to maybe look down the road into 2025 and beyond. Really, how do you see digital transactions evolving? You've talked about a lot of different things, but how are compliance solutions going to have to evolve to meet these new risks and risk management strategies? And really, what is LexisNexis Risk Solutions counseling companies to look down the road? And now that I say all that, 
five years down the road, maybe next year at the rate we're going. Yeah, there's really no time to waste because it's pretty safe to say that this trend towards acceleration of digital is here to stay. It's it's a hard trend and it's not moving backwards. So moreover, e-commerce projections are that that's going to continue to grow at a compound annual growth rate of 5% and achieve penetrations upward of 85% by 2025. And likewise, the global digital payment market is expected to reach $176 billion by 2026. So that's a compound annual growth rate of about 20%. So as we stated, our biggest counsel is you've got to evolve your compliance practice for this new digital normal. Again, digital evasion requires digital solutions and applying that layer of digital identity intelligence on in a multi-layered approach along with traditional solutions can help combat the new risks that are emerging in these digital channels. Automation is going to be key that allows for these solutions to be more efficiently and consistently applied to risk assessment, as will the ability to as thoroughly investigate a digital identity as we do today, the physical identity. So we believe that an additional layer of digital identity intelligence is absolutely key as well to optimizing the customer experience. It can potentially allow you to identify good trusted customers and expedite their experience and sort of right-size that risk to friction equation that everyone's always wrestling with. And then lastly, we believe that in order to fight financial crime networks, organizations need a network of their own. So there's a key role for consortia to play, of course, within the bounds of the law and with a privacy by design architecture that meets increasing privacy regulation. So we are really excited that that we're actually announcing our new financial crime digital intelligence solutions, which are going to combine the global scale and unique digital identity and location intelligence that are resident in our Threat Metrics Digital Identity Network, which is a consortium, along with our world-class financial crime data and solutions combined in sort of the dynamic automation environment of our dynamic decision platform, which also has really cool investigation capabilities in terms of visualization of an identity. So it's our belief that if we add that additional layer intelligence, you can better and more efficiently identify true financial crime risk, help create long overdue efficiencies with automation and meet these emerging regulatory requirements. And then maybe most importantly, improve the customer experience for the good trusted customers. And so essentially our hope is that it's going to allow organizations to transform their financial crime practices for the digital era and show up at the gunfight of this era with a gun instead of a knife. Well, that's a a pretty apt metaphor for us to perhaps end with. But before we do end, Tracy, I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on any of the topics you've talked about today or get more information on LexisNexis Risk Solutions, where could they go? Yes, you can visit our LexisNexis Risk Solutions website and take a look at our, our full true cost of financial crime compliance study. There's a lot more detail around some of the trends we talked about within that. And also download maybe one of our infographics on financial crime compliance and digital identity intelligence. Or just feel free to reach out to me directly at tracy.manning, that's T-R-A-C-Y dot M-A-N-N-I-N-G at LexisNexisRisk.com. Well, Tracy, this has been a fascinating exploration. I I had the general sense of the expansion and almost exponential expansion of digital transactions, but I really had 
no idea there was uh, this sort of growth. So I hope perhaps in, in the next six to 12 months, I might be able to call upon you again to see where we are and where LexisNexis Risk Solutions is in delivering uh, these services to your clients and customers. Absolutely, Tom. We'd be glad to come back. Thanks for the opportunity. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.